Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Good evening and welcome to Sages Among Us on KVMR. My name is Taylor Wolf, one of your hosts for the Sages Among Us, and my guest tonight is Sid Brown, current board member for the Sierra Gold Park Foundation and Circle, amongst many other volunteer activities. Sid, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on with me tonight. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks, Taylor. It's great to be here and great to hear your voice. Absolutely. Likewise. Um, so first, introducing you to our audience, a little bit about Sid. Sid is a third-generation native Californian, and she has called California home all her life. As a child, she spent summers tent camping, hiking, and whiling away the hours next to trout and steelhead rivers with family. She had a dream career as the geologist for California State Parks and worked to protect and manage the full spectrum of mountains, beaches, rivers, and watersheds from Angel Island State Park to Zumwalzi State Beach. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly, Sid. You'll have to correct me later if not. No problem. She and her, hus she and her husband, Jesse, moved to Nevada County in 1983 and built their home on previously mined land just outside Nevada City, where they raised their two children, Parker and Hillary. After commuting to her Sacramento office and all over the state park system for more than 30 years, Sid retired in late 2012 and began to immerse herself in community activities, volunteering for theater groups, film festivals, and later working for the Center for the Arts as a house manager and support for World Fest music festivals. She continues her support activities for state parks as a director for the Sierra Gold Parks Foundation, which supports all three Western Nevada County State Park units, Empire Mine State Historic Park, South Yuba River State Park, and Malkoff Diggins State Historic Park. She also sits on the board of directors for Circle, South Yuba River Citizens League, and is production manager for Holt Ballet Conservatory. Um, so Sid, to, to start us off, we're gonna dig in a little bit to uh, what brought you to Nevada County? This is my favorite question to start off with. Um, oh, wow. You mentioned in your bio that you're a California native and you moved here in 1983, but what brought you to Nevada County and what made you stay? Well, Taylor, um, I, um, at the time, um, you know, I, I was born in Berkeley, raised in Fair Oaks, a suburb of Sacramento. It was pretty rural then. Um, my career and my work was in Sacramento. But in the late 70s, early 80s, a um, couple of my very dear friends moved to Nevada County, part of that back-to-land movement, built their homes, and um, I found myself visiting every weekend and spending time with my friends and watching their families grow and uh, just became very um, attracted to the climate and the landscape and, and the river and the, the forest resources. At the time I moved up here, um, I lived in a cute little house in downtown Sacramento, rode my bike to work, and I traded that life 
for a commuter lifestyle, uh, moving to Nevada County, um, where, well, I'd met my husband, and he was living with his sister and brother-in-law remodeling their Victorian house um, in downtown Grass Valley. So we decided to, uh, I would much rather commute from Nevada County to Sacramento than Sacramento to Nevada County. So uh, that's what brought me here, uh, the land, the resources, and, you know, build a little home and and dig in. <laughs> and especially, um, I loved the, the seasons. Um, where I grew up, you know, not too far, just down the hill, but I don't particularly like the heat of the summer. I hated the fog, and when it was foggy and gray in Sacramento, it was blue skies and brilliant sunshine in Nevada County, so that made it really easy for me. That's great, and and in your bio, too, you, you mentioned, um, you know, about your childhood. You spent summers camping and hiking next to Trout and Steelhead Rivers with your family. Can you tell us um, a little bit more about those summers and those experiences early on? Sure. Um, You know, we never, uh, as a family, would, you know, I don't think we ever stayed in a hotel ever for a vacation, and all of our vacations were camping vacations. Um, My dad worked for um, the government at McClellan Air Force Base, so he had a, a civilian job, but um, it was very, um, what's the right word, um, secure, and uh, he would get off at a particular time and knew he had the weekend off. My mom was a school teacher, first grade school teacher, and so in the summertime, um, my mom would get everything ready, and at 4.30, 5 o'clock, we'd jump in the car and we'd head off, uh, often to Alpine County. We went um, camping. My mom's family had camped in this really sweet Forest Service campground um, back in the 20s, um, and I continue to go there to this day. My dad was an avid fisherman, so we went to the Trinity Alps. We went to um, the Eel River. Um, we would just explore all the the backwoods and the, the trout and fishing streams that we could find. Um, I think the summer of my eighth grade year, um, we took a very long extended um, camping vacation with the camper uh, and drove up to British Columbia, did seven weeks, did a couple of ferry trips and big Alcan highway uh, roads and fishing along the um, Kispiox River. My dad did steelhead fishing. Um, Funny thing, a lot of fishing uh, camping vacations, but I don't eat fish. So I love the streams and the trouts and the rivers, but I'm not a consumer. Oh, that is a fun fact. Um, You know, it sounds like you've always been drawn to the outdoors. You had this, um, sounds like really fabulous childhood, uh, spending time on local rivers. But sandwiched in between that, um, you know, was your educational background, which was kind of surrounded around this, too. You, You have a degree in geology you know, a graduate study, um, both in geology and environmental sciences. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think your your childhood and growing up this way led you towards um, your education choices that you made, that choice of study? Yes. I, you know, I wish I could say I had a grand plan educationally. And I do want to insert a little plug here for any, any, if any kids happen to be listening, um, 
I, at the time when I went to college, I didn't have a, a major that I declared, and I just, you know, was really pursuing general education, thought I'd be a teacher like my mom. Um, and But I found that I loved science, and unfortunately, I had not prepared myself for a science career in high school. I was smart enough. You know, I took some classes, but I didn't take classes I should have if I was focused on a on a scientific career. So I did a lot of catch-up in college. I had to do summer school, go back, take trig and calculus and chemistry that would have been so much easier if I'd done that in high school and done a real preparatory, uh, forward-looking thing. I guess my my message on that, though, is even if you don't prepare and know you're going to have that journey if you love something enough, it's the motivating factor. So I loved, I discovered in college that I loved geology. I loved, you know, um, exploring landscapes and, and learning and trying to understand and figuring out why a landform looks the way it does. And that was enough um, motivation for me to go back and do those, you know, fill in those gaps that I wish I had done at an earlier time. But again, if you love something enough, it's the motivation to pursue. So, um, yeah, I got through those hard subjects, um, and I got to um, enjoy a career that was just so in line with my interests and my loves and my my uh, curiosity that really fed my um, fed my brain, fed my soul, fed my body. <laughs> Yeah, tell us a little bit more about your career path. Um, you know, you sent over a bio to me. You worked five years as a geothermal energy specialist for California Energy Commission, but then a 30-plus year career as a scientist for California State Parks. Um, can you tell us about that journey and um, maybe some of your favorite experiences over that 30-year career with state parks? Well, there's so many. Um, yeah, um, again, I I, I preface this with I know that I was incredibly lucky. I was very fortunate. Um, when I got out of college, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, so I pursued a teaching credential just as I kind of was cooling my jets trying to figure out the next level. Um, and I discovered at that point in my life, I was a little too young, a little too green, but I did my student teaching with high school kids, and I was only five years older than them. Um, it didn't work out particularly well. I didn't have the skills I needed. Um, so I had taken a couple of state tests, never thinking that I would have a long-term career with the state of California, but I did, and I got so lucky. Um, you know, state government sometimes gets a bad rap, but I have to say for the years that I spent at the California Energy Commission, which were the very first years of its um, existence, pretty exciting time to be involved in a brand new agency with um, all the um, revolutionary, you know, energy um, uh uh, developments that were happening. Um, I worked in the alternative energy uh, division, and so solar and geothermal, all these alternatives that are now kind of commonplace were really groundbreaking back then in the early 70s. Um, and then um, I kind of realized I was being consumed by that very high, fast-paced um, lifestyle at the Energy Commission, 
and I learned of this vacancy at California State Parks. Well, funny thing, my first job, actually, when I was still in college, I worked as a park aide up at Donner Memorial State Park. So I had a great affinity and a great love for state parks. So I actually took a big pay cut, uh, left the Energy Commission to be the geologist at California State Parks, and um, got to enjoy just a fabulous career with other like-minded uh, young, relatively young uh, scientific professionals. I mean, I was the only geologist. I worked with a wildlife biologist, a forester, a, an ecologist. You know, that we just sort of had one each. Worked with the archaeologists. Um, and um, it's a really great team of um, individuals who were all sort of in the same age group and just, you know, fire in their belly for uh, preserving the environment and managing state park resources in a way that was a um, little more um, thoughtful and hands-on than perhaps just the old style, the way things were. California State Parks has a great heritage. Um, you know, Yosemite was the very first park, first state park before it went back to the, the federal government. And um, Big Basin State Park was the first state park that remained in state park ownership. And um, for me as a geologist, it was just such a great honor that not a single day was did I necessarily know what I was going to do. And the variety of California's geology and the park um, dis, um, um, placement throughout the state of California just makes for... Uh, a big, big palette of all kinds of interesting topics and subjects. So, you know, I worked on coastal erosion issues and policy um, with regard to development in geologically hazardous areas, um, interpretation and education, and, you know, often sort of a translator um, between the engineers and the other scientists and the biologists, botanists and such. So, Pretty fun, pretty fun career. Now you asked for a particular moment, and you know I can't, I can't come up with one because there were honestly so many, but I have two in particular that do stick in my mind, and I hope no one judges me harshly for them. But um, you know I worked really hard. I was a very dedicated employee, but the, on at least two occasions. I was fortunate enough to be doing geology on horseback in the backcountry of state parks, once at Anza Borrego Desert State Park and once at Montana de Oro State Park on the Central Coast. And I just remember having to just take a breath and think, oh, my gosh, I'm getting paid to do this. <laughs> so <laughs> see, seeing geology amazing. from the back of a horse is pretty wonderful because it's, you know, it's the days before um, – drones and you can get a little higher elevation and a big view and I'm not that tall so horseback was the way to go. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's wonderful. Um and and now bringing us to today, you currently serve both on the board of directors for the Sierra Gold Park Foundation and South Yuba River Citizens League, uh, commonly known locally as Circle. Can you tell us about those roles and how how you ended up getting involved there during your retirement? Sure. Um, well, when I retired in late 2012, I had to kind of take a moment and, and make promises not to 
um, you know, I was I was a little bit lost. I wasn't really quite ready to retire, but, you know, personal and family matters uh, made it the thing to do. My mom was ill, and so that was why I chose that time. And, and then she passed away shortly thereafter. So um, there I was, time on my hands. So I just started, you know, volunteering a little here and a little there um, and kind of trying to figure out what really um, I could contribute because I really felt um, this obligation and desire to, to give back. Um, so started with Center for the Arts. My good friend Marnie Marshall uh, needed a little break and a little help, so I started helping out there and did a little part-time gig. But, you know, I wasn't doing it for the money, and so I really wanted to um, find those um, interests in those um, corners that that needed my particular um, talents or skills that I could offer. So um, Matt Green, the former um, superintendent at the Gold Mines District here in Grass Valley at Empire Mine, um, invited me to join um, an executive committee, the Friends of Malakoff, um, the Friends of North Bloomfield and Malakoff Diggins, and that was sort of a subcommittee of the South Huber River Park Association. And in the l- last few years, um, the three state parks um, support organizations merged to become the Sierra Gold Parks Foundation. So I went from a committee member to a board member um, in trying to um, solidify the, the work that was being done by you know the same small group of people at three different places. So um, Sierra Gold Parks Foundation is, is relatively new, um, but yet it is deep roots and, and the, the ancestral pieces of Sierra Gold Parks Foundation have um, its uh, seeds in the South Yuba River Park Association, uh, the Friends of North Bloomfield and Malakoff Deacons, and the uh, formerly Empire Mine Park Association, which no longer exists. And so now we're one foundation for all three parks. And it's, it's you know, we're still feeling our way. We've merged our finances and we've trying to merge the volunteers and work together to support and, and manage the three parks in a uniform and a self-supporting um, way. Wow, that's a, a big undertaking in the circle. <laughs> yeah, it's a big mouthful, and of course, circle. So, um, my involvement with circle goes way back to the early '80s. You know, when we were fighting um, the proposal to uh, do a small hydro project on the South Yuba uh, in the Miners Tunnel project, and I was working for State Park still at that time, um, and so that's when circle formed been a member all these years, and then upon my retirement, again, I was sort of invited to uh, get involved in a couple of um, local issues, a Centennial Dam proposal that NID was um, thinking about at that time, so I got really involved in attending NID meetings and getting informed on our local water picture, and then I was invited to join the Board of Circle, which um, is is quite an honor. And I've got some really wonderful people that I share that table with, and uh, and it's actually quite, I feel, um, mutually supportive for both 
um, Sierra Gold Parks Foundation because there's a lot of crossover with interests with um, state parks and the work that Circle does. Yeah, so, you know, why do you think environmental stewardship and advocacy like you just described is important to our community and especially a rural community like ours? Well, it's it's just the the lifeblood of our community. You know, we have for California a fairly deep historic story here, but our environmental and ecosystem um, roots are much much deeper. And that you know, while we have endured um, impacts from logging, from mining, from historic land uses that were not um, necessarily uh, sustainable. Uh, we are fortunate enough to live in an environment that is actually um, quite resilient um, and with a little bit of help and um, energy and attention and care and study, um, our, um, our lifeblood, our, our healthy ecosystem, our clean water, our forests um, will do better. Now, you know, we've all experienced the trauma of wildfire and the threat of wildfire and catastrophic wildfire. It's touched my family. It's touched so many in our community. Um, so the exclusion of fire has been an issue, and we are, you know, paying the price now. But with land management and uh, consultation with scientists and and community members and collaborating together, I think we can really work together to keep this environment healthy um, and so that we can all enjoy it, not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but for future generations and perpetuity. And that's, you know, I do go back to state parks um, mission, you know, to preserve for present and future generations, and that is the big motivating thing, you know. And one other thing, um, as a geologist, you know, it's um, one of the beautiful um, lessons, I guess, that that I learned that my education has carried me through um, is that perspective of geologic time. You know, we have human time. We understand how long a year is or a decade or a lifetime. And those are important markers for time. But geologic time doesn't really pay attention to human lifetime. I Things can happen quickly in the blink of an eye. But um, in the big picture, um, things are going to go the way they're going to go. And if we don't mess things up, things are probably going to be okay one way or another. That's sort of my own little personal philosophy. Um, but the geologic time helps me not to be too anxious for the moment. And, um, you know, you, right before that last comment, you're talking about preserving our lands for future generations. Are there certain reasons or experiences you've had that, that you know, tell you why, why you feel that nature is so impactful? Well, um, this is not exactly that moment, but I, I will say um, I had never been to um, Bryce National Park until a couple of years ago, and um, that's a national park. Um, most of my national park and state park experiences have been in California, but I was on a hike with a couple of friends. It was a pretty long hike. Um, it was in May early May, and we were spread out, and um, 
haven't seen many people, and we, I turned around a corner, and I had one of those moments where the beauty of the scene, it was just me and my eyes on a t- very backcountry trail seeing this landscape, and it actually literally brought tears to my eyes. I'm not a particularly emotional person, but I got goosebumps. I had tears in my eyes. I just had this profound wonder. And that's the kind of thing that doesn't just happen without care taken for a landscape, you know. It could have been commercialized. There could have been, you know, roads and trails and signs and development. But if we do set aside and 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 value these special places, then those moments can occur for other people. You never know when it's going to happen, but it's pretty special when it does. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're, you're very involved. We talk about these two, two boards you serve on. There's a lot of other volunteer activities and not to mention your long career with California State Parks. But how do you recommend for others to get involved, whether it's from volunteering or even small tips that people can incorporate in their day-to-day lives to, you know, protect or support our local environment and outdoor activities that we have access to here? Well, I'll tell you, um, Nevada County, uh, as you know, Taylor, is rich in nonprofits and rich in in many organizations that um, really rely on volunteerism. And we work together. Um, we're sort of all mining the same um, group of volunteers in some respects, but there's always something for somebody. And you don't have to be on a board necessarily. You don't have to do so many hours a week. Um, I know all the organizations, um, Circle, um, the Bear Yuba Land Trust, Sierra Gold Parks Foundation, um, need and love and want to use volunteers in a variety of ways. State Parks does, too. Um, State Parks has um, special training and, and, and steps that they have to go through before you become an official state park. Uh, volunteer, and unfortunately we haven't had that training for a while, and hopefully it'll come up soon, but they've had limitations in staff. But every organization has a way you can volunteer a day here, a day there, whether it's, you know, pulling uh, broom or doing trail work um, or taking pictures and posting and reminding your friends to, you know, leave no trace. Um, there's so many things you can do. I always talk, you know, I have a little biweekly bit I do on KVMR. We call a walk in the park where I do updates on what's happening in all three parks. And I talk about, you know, just take your backpack, have an empty, you know, plastic bag or a bag that you can just pick up little things on your on your walk. You don't have to necessarily be official to help leave the place you're enjoying a little better than you found it. And so that's one thing you can always do. Absolutely. And we're getting close to the end of our time together, and we didn't even get a chance to touch on the other side of your role, which is Cat Sierra <laughs> Stages, Whole Conservative Center for the Arts. Um, so, but instead of diving into that, um, what do you get back in return for, for all your time and energy that you're um, putting into the community, these different boards and volunteer roles? Well, it's um, in some ways, I guess it's selfish. You know, it makes me feel good. I like to be, you know, my the way I my makeup is. I um, 
I am not known for a particularly well-organized or clean house. Um, I have a beautiful home. My husband built it, but um, I like to go out and do things. So um, it keeps me busy. It gives me purpose, and I like feeling that I'm you know, able to give back uh, because I did get to enjoy such a wonderful career. Um, and it's my, you know, my obligation and my um, opportunity to, to feel like I'm you know, doing something good. And that does make me feel good. So in a way, it is selfish. But um, it also quickly, um, you know, for most of my career, I commuted from here in Nevada County down to Sacramento. And so I didn't get to be that connected with the community. So since retiring, I've really been able to forge, you know, these relationships and these deep connections um, to collaborate on variety of shared interests. So like the Yuba Safety Cohort, as you know. Yes, um, and we're we're getting really close, so this is going to be a quick question to the end of our time. If you could wave your magic wand over our area, what would you change? Oh, boy. Um, well, that's going to take longer than we have. I know. Um, I would, I would, I would hope we could get some more of those controlled fires and reduce some of our fire hazard, and get an, a population that is um, appreciative and um, express stewardship for the you know the place where we live, so that we all realize that we're all in it together. And Nevada County is that kind of place. People are already there, I think. So my magic wand would just say, continue on and let's keep it sustainable. Thank you so much, Sid, for joining us tonight. Uh, Sid Brown is a current board member for the Sierra Gold Parks Foundation and Circle. 